I am Black Girl from Eugene. Welcome, Aisha Elliott. Um, this, today you've got me, and I wanted to talk to y'all about mental health um, and racism. So um, I'm gonna wait for a few more people to come on, and I wanted to gonna sit it out for just a little bit, but I actually have, let me make sure that, that you guys can hear me. I actually have, um, a mask to show you so I want to make sure I'm very quiet for some reason on my mic hello 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 is that better hello 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 not sure that I'm being heard hey everybody I wanted to talk to y'all today about mental health um, and <laughs> and racism but I have to, I'm sorry to get started like this, but I have to check my audio. I think I'm hearing myself. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds crazy, but um, let me just, I'm pretty sure. Okay, yeah, I'm being picked up. Okay, cool. All right, y'all, welcome, Black Girl from Eugene. Um, first thing I wanna tell you guys about is these masks that I'm selling, um, so check it out. I don't know if you guys can see it, and I know people on my podcast can't see it at all, but it's a hand-embroidered embroidered, um picture of my logo and it says black girl from Eugene it's handmade by a black woman in Portland Oregon um, and it fits on your face really really tight I'm gonna put it on my face real quick so it's like fits over your your face here and around your ears like this um, they're very tight and they're multi-layered they're really great um, and they're they're a specialty item so they're a little spendier than I would sell my other at like you know manufactured masks because they are handmade to order um, but they will be up on my website shortly, um, probably in the next few days. Um, so I just want you guys to see that. Super excited about that. I want to say thank you to my Patreons. Um, I wanted to let you guys know that I do have space in my Patreon, obviously, always. But there is tiers that where I send out a um, kind of like a letter or like encouragement uh, once every three weeks or so, just kind of talking about some subjects. And then there's a tier where you can actually contact me. We can schedule time to talk together about whatever subject um, that you'd like to talk about that's relevant to Black Girl from Eugene, of course. Um, and we do it, we would schedule it every month. And there's, there's just a tier for $5 that just supports my show and keeps me going. So I would, would love any of the support that you guys can give. Hey, Maisie. So today you guys have got me. So I'm going to be quite... Um, like interactive with the chat as we go along. So I'm gonna to try to make sure that my uh, podcast folks who I'm actively recording for it now understand that it's going back and forth. Um, so I wanted to get started because I was just invited last week or I just did a lecture, um, which if you guys listen to me at all, is not my favorite, okay? <laughs> I am a facilitator, a conversationalist. I like to talk to people back and forth. Um, I have done lectures in the past and it's un it's just not I don't think it's a good way of learning and it's not fun for me either but I do it and people like it and whatever so it works out right but um, so I did a lecture I gave a lecture on Friday about mental health and racism to a group of perinatal specialists and um, you know nurses doulas um, home care folks, uh, some physicians, CEOs, corporate folks, nonprofit people, and it was really good. The attendance was really, really good. And I thought about it because I was asked specifically to cover so something that would be relevant to perinatal health 
So I went with race and mental health um, because that's how I am. And then I went on to thinking more about it. And the, I, I talked for an hour and it was really great. So I want to talk more with you guys about this because as I was researching it, it just became very evident that we don't talk about this angle enough. And now that we're going into 2021, we need to switch some shit up, right? Let's switch some the narrative. Let's switch about how we talk about race in America. And I think it's really important in order to heal all parts of this society that we have to name the problem. And we can't just say, oh, the problem is racism because racism is actually very, 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 very tied to one, one group of people, right? We all know that racism, the definition of racism, you have to have systematic uh, power to inflict racism, right? Um, now, everyone else, we can be biased, we can be discriminatory, we can be prejudiced, which we all are to some degree for something or someone. Um, but racism, systematic racism, institutional racism, the design of society in the way that it has been designed to uh, mandate and keep people of color, you know, suppressed and oppressed, as we discuss over and over and over again, all the time in different ways that this shows up. Um, I talk about it a lot, obviously, black girl from Eugene. It's my experience growing up in Eugene as a black girl and now woman having to navigate racism in a highly, highly toxic and, and extremely white you know, uh, environment with a very strong black family. So, and I mean strong black family, meaning that like, we're not questioning our, our blackness. You know, my parents are very square on that. You know, my dad is a philosopher, an Afrocologist, a historian. My mother is an extremely intelligent nurse uh, and really a writer. And she is just, they, they both have never questioned. They came to Eugene as, as full adults from St. Louis. They've traveled the world, the revolutionaries. Our questioning of who we were was never, um, was never an issue. However, we were constantly, the younger, younger siblings of I constantly being pushed against by, by where we lived in Eugene. So uh, pushed against our blackness. So, um, hey, Kakai, having to navigate racism in a toxic white environment. Yes, it's, it's just what it is, right? So um, what we don't do around racism is we act like racism is some untouchable, untangible, unlike, it's just like, oh, racism it's like they it's like white folks are in a bad mood or like white folks have been confused or white folks have been made to do these certain things just as if white folks has had to because it just is the way it is or you know some people get kind of fancy and go oh colonialism and just go oh colonialism and act like that was just a part of the par but i need us to get a little bit deeper into the fact that this is, these are people that we're talking about these are decisions being made this is genocide, and that, my friends, is not normal, okay? It's not normal to just decide I'm going to eradicate a whole uh, tribe, a whole nation of people and make it my own. Let's think about mental illness for just a moment, okay? Let's think about for mental illness for just a moment. So, I, I don't know you guys out there to know what you have been through in your life. I don't know what, who, what your understanding of mental illness is. I don't know if it's technical. I don't know if it's personal. I don't know if you yourself have family members or you yourself suffer from this, but I'm gonna tell you like this. I worked in the medical field for 12, 14 years. Um, 
And uh, I didn't quite understand met- uh, mental illness, although I worked with it, until it hit um, my own family, right? And there's levels of mental illness. We've got, you know, anxiety, and you've got depression, and then you've got um, more severe types of mental illness. You've got bipolar, and you've got schizophrenia, and ADHD, and all of these things, right? And these are just familiar ones that we all know about and heard about, not that we know details of this. But, and if you're not in the medical field, I'm going to break this down for you. So... There is a book, a diagnostic book that that physicians use and that an association of physicians and scientists put together. And there's criteria that you, it has to, these these conditions that people continuously come about have to meet in order to be added to this book, the DSM. Right. And if you're not added to this book, then it's not considered a legit mental illness. Regardless, it just has to hit these criteria. So years and years and years. This is not brand new. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard, I think her name is Jane uh, Elliott. I've never, I always remember Elliott because we have the same last name, but um, she was uh, inserting that, that racism was a mental illness back in 1965. So this idea that racism is a mental illness um, is, is not brand new, but I think it's really, really important that as we're going into the new year and as we're going into the shift of, of consciousness, that we start to really turn this around and because you can't actually fix the problem unless you can name the problem. And if we act like the problem is just something that is, that is just out there, like it's just something, it's just like on the wall, we're not going to be able to get past it. That's my assessment. So I think it's really important that we say racism <laughs> can be controlled if we can diagnose it and then treat it, meaning that the people who are, Okay, we'll get into that in just a second. So anyway, back to the DSM. So the DSM, you have to have a certain type of, you have to have a certain type of criteria to to hit. Now, I have some things from the paper that I wrote that I was going to bring up. I'm looking at my computer right now, my other little laptop I have going on right now. And I have some things that I looked up um, about this and some, some words that scientists used back in the 60s about their, about their assessment of treating people who were who were uh, extreme racist, meaning the people who would actually decide to kill another person because of their skin color, right? Now, one thing that we have to just back up and know, I think most people understand that when, when mental illness has gone to um, a place where you need actual um, assistance in ma- managing your mental illness, is that when you are to the point that you would hurt yourself and or others, right? So there's plenty of racial uh, like insecurity or, or racial tension or racial misunderstanding, racial, um, like I said, I love the word racial insecurity um, because it's legitimate and it, and it talks about the people who are just don't know how and have not been with people who are, uh, who are different than them. They, they don't understand it. They've been taught through our education system to understand that black folks and anybody that's not white is scary, inferior, uh, you know, the list goes on and on, um, including the black and brown people who are learning through our systems, learning that there isn't a lot of worth in what we do and who we are, or our histories are not worth, you know, adding to the history book. And so we, we have to like learn the system and then deconstruct it, understanding that what we've been taught is, you know, bullshit. So from there, um, it's important that there is racism that is taught. Like people always go, well, you know, it's taught and people, you know, it's uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, I'm talking about that, but I'm not really talking about that. 
Um, because that can be taught and that can be unlearned. Now, this is something different when it comes into your, when it's, it's just like depression. Some people get depressed when it's, when it's seasonal. Some people get depressed in, situ, it's situational. If you break up, you're sad. You lost your job, you're sad. You know, it's dark outside for four months, you're sad. Um, it becomes chemical to a point, but most, like, a, you know, a good percentage of people can control that ebb and flow and it's actually natural and normal. But then there are the few that don't, right? There are the few that don't get that um, ebb and flow of chemical brain chemicals to check itself. And they go further and further into delusion, okay? So you gotta realize that when someone is so scared of you, so scared of who you are for the, from the way that you look, your skin color, from what they've been taught educationally, and they cannot critically think and disconnect themselves from understanding that you, as a person or a society or a, a community, has to be eradicated to have themselves be safe and or able to thrive. That is a delusion. And we have to name it for what it is. It's not confusion. It's not like a bad mood. It's not like a, I don't really want to deal with black people. It's a delusion that black folks, brown folks are here to hurt them, right? So why aren't we naming the people? Why, I mean like, okay, like, you know, um, the dude, Dylan, who shot up our, um, the beloved family and, and churchgoers in Charlesville. Yeah, we're like, oh yeah, he's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy, he's crazy. But the truth of it is, is that the, the guy who shot up the children in Sandy Hook, all the, all the shooters of all the school shootings, all, I mean, the, the shooting, mass shootings in clubs. We got a problem in the white community with particularly what seems to be white men. Um, and I think it's, more, it's really a disservice to everybody because remember, you can hurt yourself and or others, right? That we are not actually approaching the community in a way that, that says, can we, can we talk about this, this ravaging mental illness that's been displayed for years and years and years? So, of course, there's lots of backlash to about, well, if they say they're mentally ill, then they don't go to jail. Well, they say they're mentally ill, then they, they can't be responsible for their actions. And then you have all this like drama, right? And I mean, true. And we want punishment and we want convictions. But can I just talk about for a second that like if these folks are as highly delusional as they are, as we've seen that they are, right? Um, what if they, what, okay, the, the consequences of the consequences of the structure, if we were to actually name and actually have structure in, in line to, to evaluate these folks and the level of hatred that they display or not outwardly display because even folks that have unchecked levels of schizophrenia aren't necessarily violent, right? There's a lot of things that Hollywood does to mental illness that, that is, it just isn't true. So there's lots of ways that people can be very functional with mental illness and not lash out, right? Um, but the truth of it is, is that we're talking about folks who are lashing out to the point where the community at whole, the society at whole has learned to try to acquiesce around this group of people in order to not trigger their mental illness. 
without us naming that they need they need to be dealt with, right? So and and so what I'm trying to say is that let's say that okay, we don't have we have a mental a guy a mental health issue crisis. He wants to shoot up the school because some black kid dunked on him in, at the park. I don't know. I'm just making shit up. So let's say he dunks on the kid. He gets pissed. He wants to kill him. We got a mental health crisis, right? We have delusional thoughts. We have all of these other uh, issues coming in. He can't sleep. He's he's writing, writing, and writing, and writing. He's got 55,000 guns. He's got pictures in, of these people. He's drawing it. Like, you know, all of, I mean, literally all of the flags of a mental health crisis. So let's say that person gets caught and he doesn't go to jail or he gets fined and he goes to jail for two years, whatever, like they do. You know the justice system, how it is. What if he was in an what if we did this like he actually was delusional? Um, what if we had to medicate that person? What if we had to actually like look at this person and say they need to be um, kept away from the public and the general public because they're dangerous to others. Even when they are calm, if this tri if being in the room with people other than themselves triggers them, them to act out, maybe that those people need to be separated from the general public for the safety of others, themselves and others. Those folks shouldn't have, have the ability to um, operate vehicles under the medic under medication because they need to be medicated. They are delusional, right? I mean, I'm just talking how the how the mental health idea would work. Um, they shouldn't and wouldn't be able to um, unless their unless their 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 condition was under control. Be able to create uh, places and establishments under their uh, under their influence because they're unstable. I mean, I I'm just thinking of it in a way that it, that's realistic for the behavior and for all of the things that we have to endure, not just black people, but white folks who are trying to talk about their cousin Eddie who won't stop, right? And they're like, I don't know why he just can't let it go. That's concerning because now cousin Eddie is around vulnerable children who will have to listen to his, his racist rhetoric and then influence very um, palatable and malleable minds. Are they strong enough to take care of themselves mentally? Are they strong enough to be protected? I don't know. Do Are you sure? I think it's not something, um, I think as, as I was writing this paper and I, I was writing the, the lecture, I was, um, there was a point where uh, the scientist, which I wanna read because I quoted it, the scientist basically was saying in his case study that he had gone and and the level of fear and delusion that these white men showed him was such a in such um, was so great that it was uh, I'm trying to screen I'm trying to scroll through my talk right now it was to the point that um, that it was like encompassing them it was like they couldn't sleep they couldn't think anything else about it it was like literally um, reducing their ability to like work because they were thinking about it so much. This is where they get to the level of actually wanting to murder people. Um, and so I and I was just thinking about it. Like, this has not been something the people that I quoted um, was back in like uh, 2000. Oh, I guess it was 2004. There was people back in 2000, uh, 1965. Um, they actually thought that people with narcissistic personality disorder might be more predisposed to racism than others. 
So that's an interesting situation being like you could be diagnosed literally with narcissistic personality disorder, which would lead, then lead to the delusions of racism. Um, but that's not something that's, that, is, um, that ha can be shared. That's not something that is happening right now. Um, so they're talking about extreme racism category. Uh, th that was one angle, the narcissistic personality disorder. The other angle, um, and I can't believe I can't remember this. I feel like I did the talk and like walked away from it. But um, that I want to. I'm trying to pull up the other uh, mental health that uh, mental health diagnosis that they were trying to say that it goes along with. So, oh, a full psychotic disorder, just just plain psychotic disorder. Um, and this doctor was Alvin Poussaint, so uh, MD. And Poussaint is P-O-U-S-S-A-I-N-T. If you're interested, he's a forensic psychiatrist. If you're interested in reading more about it, I thought it was super interesting. Obviously, Jane Elliott is another person that talks about mental health, mental illness, at racism as mental illness. Um, so I just want to put that out there because I think um, as we talk about racism as if it is like just something that we really can't control or something that just happens to happen to be in the water and if you drink too much, you get it type of thing. Like, I think we really actually need to, to stop it with the bullshit. We actually need to say what the heck is going on because the truth of it is, is as, as history and as uh, the United States uh, education system continues to tell these lies to the group, to, the, to, uh, to society, through our education, through our books, through our history, coming from the, the angle of someone or a group of people who are delusional about their grandeur, grandeur, grandiose uh, personalities or narcissistic, believing and, and naming that people that they are oppressing are liking this oppression. I mean, we just witnessed very, very um, real, uh, in a very real time, Kanye West lose his damn mind in front of everyone and talk about how racism or slavery was a choice, right? But you gotta like kind of think about what it would take mentally, what it would take strategically to think up a plan that would oppress this level to this level of oppression for this many people in the world and not believe that that's not a mental illness in some sort of way. What are we talking about? Of course it is. So this is the thing. If we're not gonna talk about it, no, if we are gonna talk about it in that light, I would love to back it up and just think about black folks, think about people of color, all of this time, this if this was really thought of like um, like a mental health issue, like it is, it would this, we have been literally trying to fight back on what I would kind of call a cultural gaslighting. You know what I mean? We're not crazy. People of color who have this lived experience of oppression generationally and generationally and generationally, this is not because it's just like you know normal for us. We are enduring someone in a, in a community in a mental crisis that's unchecked. That's how I feel <laughs> as I'm looking and I'm researching and I'm, it just sounds and is absolutely insane. And I don't, I do understand why we're not naming that that way because it's racist. The folks who are also writing the DSM, the people who are also over diagnosing black folks, with, with mental health disorders, with aggressive tendencies, with, um, with uh, um, the, all, you know, violence from young age, with ADD. Those are white folks. But, but if you turn the tide and you, turn, and you look at the other side of who is not um, actually wanting to create this diagnosis around racism, 
Who's writing the DSM? Guess who, y'all? Guess who's writing the DSM who doesn't want to diagnose white men with a mental health crisis when due to racism? Guess who it is? $5 for anybody. I'm just kidding. I'm not paying y'all. I'm just saying, you know it's white folks, okay? You know it's white folks. White folks, <laughs> white men are the ones who are pa passing, the, the, passing the diagnosis on to this DSM in which all psychiatry and all medical are based on, the diagnosis are based on. All, as we know, this is just another, this is just another more evidence of systematic racism and, and uh, structural racism. But I want us, as we're trying to deconstruct our own personal relationship to racism and to whiteness and to white supremacy, can we just start talking about what the heck we're talking about? Like, can we, I, I need to define it a little better than this. Yes, Dr. Uh, Franz Cress Wilson talks about white supremacy, racism as a mental illness. Yes. Um, and also, why can't I think of their name? There's, there's a few other. Matter of fact, I might make a list uh, for my podcast and put it in the show notes um, because it isn't, this isn't something that just popped up. You know, Francis Cress Wilson t talked about this 30 years ago. You see, so I, that's the kind of shit that I want to talk about. Like this is, this is where I'm, this is where the disconnection comes through and we try to talk about racism as if it's not protruding our everyday, how we walk through the world every single day. The fact that white folks, good meaning white folks, right? The good intended kind are trying to figure this out. But what you're, what is the most uncomfortable thing to do is to look at yourself and others that you know who are behaving this way and go, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> but in a real way, like, do we need to take you in? Because this is bothering you. This is making decisions for you and your life and our family that are harming us, yourself, and or others. That sounds like a mental break. But the problem is, is that we look at it in such a way like water, like we look, we put racism into our everyday as if it's so normal. We're not even looking at the 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 people who uphold the system altogether and go, you guys have a problem. We keep blaming racism as if racism is not attached to a behavior. You know what I'm saying? Or to a thought process. It is directly attached to a thought process, okay? And a belief, and a true belief, which if you understand how belief, like a belief system can turn into delusion when there's mental instability in the middle, we need to look at that. We know, and any other white person or any other black person or any other brown person, indigenous person will tell you, when you all live together, the immersion, you start to go, oh, I kind of understand it. Oh, I kind of get it. That's what happens with anxiety. If people with anxiety can face their fears and they can actually absorb their, their, the lesson, the anxiety lessens. That's normal. But you can't tell me that you can take a, a racist like... Um, like the cops that murdered Elijah McClain or the dude who, um, who walked into that church and murdered all those folks, prayed with them first and then murdered them. You gonna tell me that, that, that that's not like, you know what I'm saying? You gonna tell me what we've been listening to through 45 is not delusional? I mean, it's not just him, he's just a product, right? He's just a product. We can talk about the percentages of people who, um, the percentage of people who voted for Trump, white folks who voted for Trump, right? And we need to talk about it. We call, we, everyone wants to talk about these white women who voted for Trump as if it's like, oh, those white women. No, they're your cousins, they're your friends, they're your sisters, those are people you work with. And I want us to be really, really clear. Are you okay? Are you okay? Because I saw that, like, 
you got the MAGA hat on and stuff. And I mean, are you are you feeling all right? Like, it's just, what is what is it that you're are you fearful for your life? Are you feeling like you know as an indigenous person walks by you you like you're sweaty and stuff? You would be surprised of the answers. Those folks need help. They need help. And more so than help, they need to be removed from society because they are a danger to others. That's what I'm saying. I don't understand why it's so damn hard. <laughs> but I do understand why it's so damn hard. Because what is it, y'all? We can say it all together. Racism is in our system. It, it, it is what we do as Americans. We do what we do. Racism. That's right. So the truth of it is, is that until we name it, how are we ever going to get rid of it? I mean, I'm not saying nobody wants to be diagnosed with a mental health issue. I get it. It's embarrassing. It hurts. It's not, it, it's stigmatizing. It's all these things that happen to you physically, happen to you emotionally. Um, but I'm sorry, there has been too much, too much pain on the other side of their presence, of the structures in which they put in place and we just keep following because we don't even make, it doesn't even make sense to us. You know why it doesn't make sense to us? Because it's, it's built in a delusion of hatred and separation and, and misunderstanding. And I understand there's lots of historic, uh, um, lots of historic books and, and, uh, and lawsuits and direction that this has gone, conversation, lecture, taught, you know, uh, studies, all of that has happened. I'm not saying that, that I know more than anybody else knows. I just want it to be more of a conversation that when we can say black people out loud without feeling like um, someone's trying going to think that we're, we're talking crazy or if you're white, someone's going to think you're racist. And we can just like talk about the real, the reality of what we deal with every day, not just black folks, but people of color, BIPOC folks. And can we just understand that white folks have, for some reason, are not above this level of anxiety, or not above, who are, are not above this this um, societal shift, and as if they own it? Can we just take it, take white folks off the pedestal for a second and realize that they were this was created to uh, to uphold a delusion? Because uh, we got to say it, or we're never going to get past it. That's all I'm saying. You know, if someone's got to get off that, someone has got to come off the horse. Someone's got to. And and, I, and if we all are talking about how much we want to be together and, oh, uh, you know, kumbaya and all of that, white folks out there listening, you have got to look at what we are willing or what you are willing to just go, well, it's just how he's always been. I don't know what to say to him. And really start looking at it as, as the danger that, that that person could possess to other people around him. You know what I mean? And maybe he's not to that level, but maybe he's escalating. Maybe he has like 18 flags on his truck. You know, maybe he's revving his engine at people as they walk by the walk by on the crosswalk. That happened to me and my daughter the other day. I'm just saying they're escalating. And I know that there's people who know these people who don't know what to say to these people. I know that they're there. OK, I know it. So we have to name the problem. We have to say, this isn't just what it is. This is a mental health disorder. This is a crisis. The white male community has been in crisis for a long time, but now they're being egged on. Now someone has stopped the, the therapy. <laughs> now someone has said, 
you know, F therapy, go out there, stand back and stand by, get, no, what did he say the other day? He said to the police officers, don't hold back. Get, a, get, a, get them in order and don't hold back. What is that supposed to mean, right? So I'm just, I'm just saying, if you've ever dealt with somebody who's unstable or someone who isn't unstable but shows tendencies of hatred that kind of frighten you, but you go, you know what, I'm just going to stay away from Joe because Joe got problems and we're just going like, good morning, Joe, as we hold our coffee and we walk by real quickly. We try to be the nice guy so he doesn't come after us with the gun. You know that guy? That's a problem, y'all, because here we are as a whole nation bamboozled by racism. And there's a particular group that we can address as the strong mentally capable people that we are to recognize when another group, another community in our midst is struggling. I don't want to talk about how black people are struggling anymore if we're not going to talk about the goddamn person on our neck. That person has a problem, okay? It's not the, oh my God, he got, he's, he's hurting a black person, now this black person, and oh God, the black community. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. But can we talk about the dude who stood on his neck? What's wrong with him? <laughs> what is wrong with him? Not necessarily that he is just a bad guy, but mentally, something is off. Now, we have to be able to hold it accountable all the way through the systems. If the system is built on, a, on, a, on, this, on an idea that is clearly like definable by the DSM, but not named. What are we talking about here? What have we agreed to? And can we just say as BIPOC people that if we can name the, the, the problem being a, a mental health issue for white men, if we can say that, that, do you understand what that does to the healing of black people to understand historically. Now we understand, most of us understand on some level that there ain't nothing wrong with black people, believe it. Or BIPOC people, there ain't nothing wrong with none of us, right? Meaning that the issues that we've had and that we've overcome has come from uh, surviving white supremacy. Not that we are incapable of living a full life, but that we have been trying to live a full life under, <laughs> under said crazy. Okay, so if we can try to not to, to say this is a this is a mental health delusion and mental health crisis of a particular community that needs to be addressed, like they wanted to address the crack epidemic, right? Like they wanted to to um to address the drug war or the opiate opiate crisis. If we could just look at it like that, that would free up BIPOC people to understand that we have been culturally gaslighted for centuries. Right? We're not crazy. We, what we've been saying has been true. But we, what we also have to say is that everything that we are lining ourselves up, what separates us from the belief that we are real, is, this, is us following so crazy. Okay? That's all I'm saying. You know, colorism, like uh, the, the whole idea of, of um, black nationalism being separate, the, the diaspora being, you know, like we're all collective. You see what I'm saying? Our whole ancestry is collective. So if we are still following the idea that there is some sort of hierarchy within our, within our, our own uh, de- uh, genetic li- lineup because of how we were spread across the world through slavery, 
that's because we are now in line with the mental crisis and we are trying to survive it and we're trying to cope with it, but that is not who we are. And as, as soon as we can name it and understand it and look at it from that perspective, that starts healing in the BIPOC community. And it actually starts healing. It, it gives the white community something to work on. You, I'm just saying, we got to name it. Racism isn't just something out there. In the, oh, what is that thing that's out there? It's weird. It smells bad. That's not true. It's coming from somewhere. It's being, it's being um, cultivated. It's actually being encouraged. You know how if anyone has children or nieces or nephews out there or just know some people, when, when something's not right, you go, what's up, dude? What's going on? Let's talk about it. Now, that person could have a chance if you talk to that person to go and deal with their issues. You know, we go to therapy. I want to, regu- I want to normalize going to therapy um, because when you don't, you can have a break and you can have, and this doesn't matter with whatever, and then you can hurt yourself and or others. And at that point, someone needed to have helped you a long time ago. But what if it became the systems in which we lived upon? What if we you know, were in control of our own diagnosis and we didn't have to tell anybody that we were doing? What in the world? Can you imagine what that would look like? Oh, wait, that's exactly what we're in. How I see it. How I see it. Now, I don't know when you talk about like if they, you know, let's say the, the justice system, and you guys, please pipe in. The justice system says, oh, we, now we don't, we're not, you know, we don't arrest them because they're mentally ill, so we're going to take them into an a, a institution and we're going to try to t- correct this, and then they can't be corrected, um, or they can pretend to be corrected, they can be medicated, and then what, you know? I think that's more of a conversation around the mental health um, and, and healthcare system than anything else, but I think that we need to start looking at it that way. A lot less people will be willing to, to throw that... Trump sign up and be like, yeah, I have a mental health issue and this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. It might help take it down a couple notches. I'm just saying that's the way our society works. Um, so Kakai trying to live a full life under the, pre- yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what we've been doing, right? Right. And we've been trying to live under our fan, our, our, the person who's run this, this, this whole thing and they're crazy. And we're trying to to maintain ourselves and follow the rules. And we're like, what are we supposed to be doing here? We're, we're trying to follow under these guys under the pressure and oppression. We've got high blood pressure. We've got uh, 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 maternity rates, morbid. I mean, the mortality of the of black babies and, and, de- and women dying in the hospitals. We've got, you know, diabetes. We've got all of this is stress-related stuff. There's stress-related um, uh diagnosis that the black community has is higher than almost anybody people of color have a higher amount of percentages of health disparities due to stress and everyone's like oh it's stress because they're poor oh it's stress because guess what the mortality rates of infants for black women is the same regardless of their of their cost of their education level and or income level Mm. so that ain't it it's why can't we name the stressor why can't we say racism is the stressor Right? Because that's what affects everyone. We, we just make it look cute. We just make it look good. So it's just, we're not going to name it? I, I can't. I can't. Hold on. So France, yes, it's okay to show compassion to the racist 
especially white people like myself, we can leverage our privilege and speak to them instead of reeking, uh, reacting with anger, which doesn't help us either. Um, that is a, a modality that I would think that white folks can do. I mean, I don't know. I am saying that we cannot allow it to go under the guise of racism to go under the guise of of unnamed and un um what's the word i'm looking for y'all <sighs> what's the word i'm looking for we they just cannot continue to act as if this doesn't belong to a group of people this act this heinous act of violence this historic act of violence does not come from a particular group of people doing a particular group of things why can't we say white people why can't we say it like we could we name everything else as if we're normalizing and we have normalized for centuries and centuries that whiteness is the bottom line why can't we stop i mean that you know when someone describes you and someone just goes oh yeah you know um you know mark he's black right and uh did you did you ever hear of enrique you know no no he's cuban oh, okay cool that and you guys talk about like where people come from i don't know maybe white folks don't do that black folks do that <laughs> bipoc people do that we're like where are you from where are you at where are you going right that's just what we do but but do white folks do that with other white people because you should uh the, the reason why i'm saying that you should is because we need to stop acting like there's just bottom line and everyone else has to be named it doesn't make sense we need to name everyone as if the community is, is a group of people, not just them and all of us, right? We all got our, our, our part in this. So my dad says, uh, C.A. Diop addresses the cognitive structure of the conflict of opposites versus the cognitive structure of the harmony of opposites in his masterwork, Civilization uh, uh, or... Um, Barbarism? I don't, I've never seen it like that. Okay, the two cradle theory. Yes, and okay, so dad, I know. And I, <laughs> the two cradle theory is complicated and it's, it's, well, it's not really complicated, but the thought process behind it is a little more advanced than just the basic podcast thing, but I think it's absolutely worth bringing up because the two cradle theory is, is really what we're looking at right now. It's really what we're operating out of. But I'm saying that, you know, white folks, who are, who are not able to, uh, who, who are running the systems, I'm trying to get to the point where they can just um, recognize that when black folks walk through the door, we're walking into these white spaces and having to, to coalesce to, or having to, um, to formulate ourselves in a way that, is, that works for this, for this del delusional setup in which we are inferior and they have power, right? So all I'm saying is that if we're going to act like we're a community and whole, because I'm tired of hearing white folks and on the news and people being like, oh, we won this election and we swept this election. No, that is not what happened. Okay, that is not what happened. Black folks and black women and Latin women showed up. Navajo Nation showed up. But people of color showed up and took us over the over the hump of Trump. Okay, so I need people to stop saying, oh, we need to give a special thanks. No, we need to give all of the thanks, all of it, right? And because we're not doing that, it's because it, white folks run the show and they're never going to say, we did not do this right. We have a problem. And I'm saying maybe with compassion or with whatever you have to give, let's start naming the situation so we can start to move forward. 
I don't have any, what I'm sitting here saying that if white folks have a mental health issue that is, that is going to the point of crisis that we have been witnessing for centuries and centuries does not mean that I'm hateful or scared or because I'm working from the other theory in which my dad just, just, um, just brought up, you know, I'm working from a, uh, uh, from the harmony of opposite. You see what I'm saying? I am not trying to, to label and blame what i'm trying to do is fix the problem and we cannot fix the problem unless we name it and then address it and i just don't want anybody else talking about black folks as if we are just a side player or a pawn we we can no longer be that position because we have never played that position it's a cultural gaslighting to for us to, to go did we did we vote but yet they're not here and what did, were we the ones that voted the, at the highest percentage yet they're not we did do that, right? No, but they just said that we weren't worthy. We we weren't able to be at the table. Although we just we built the table, though. So I'm I'm so confused about how. Y'all, we gotta stop it. So she said there is work. Uh, Kenya says there is work going on adding racism to CDC. Racism is the global health crisis. Yeah, um, it's been going on since the the fifties and forties, um, and that's great. And I'm just saying in our community as we're talking about it, as we're learning it, as we are people who are teaching it, I really do believe that we need to start naming it. You know, obviously we can't diagnose it. We're not, I'm not a psychiatrist, you know, like I don't play one on TV or anything. So I'm just saying that I know that for me, as I, and I wanted to bring it out to you all, and thank you so much for everything, I want to really, really start to say what we are looking at and what we are dealing with so that we can work past it. Yeah, yeah, I'm compassionate. I don't, I don't, you know, look, I don't really have any ill will, you know, honestly. I just don't have time for the bullshit. That's real. And as I, at the more that I teach this and the more that I speak on it, um, the, and the more that people are willing to hear it, thank you, you know, the more that people are willing to say, I need help with this idea around racism, I, I'm recognizing that I practice racism every day unintentionally, and I'd like to know what, what is going on, like what can I do? I love that. How can we not, right? We're here for the, we are here for healing. But what I don't want to do is continue to believe that it's BIPOC people who need to only be healed. The community, white community, has to be named for their issues and they need healing as well. Ain't none of us broken by ourselves. That's, that's on point. I'm sorry. We're all, and I, and I say I'm sorry, like not in a, an apologetic way. <laughs> like, sorry, not sorry. But I just want it to be said that we need to stop acting as if the BIPOC community is the only one suffering. We are suffering at the hands of, of, a, of a system that is created and uplifted by white people and black people who, and BIPOC people who refuse to look, right? So, or, or who are just trying to survive, one of the freaking two. So how can we fix this situation? How can we fix it? We know what we would do if it was a, a kid in the classroom. We know what we would do if it's some dude at work who was just like wowing out, right? We know what we would do. Why is it hard when it's white men? In a, in a, what? I mean, let's talk about it. You know, we're giving a, a free pass to a group of people who are harming, literally harming everyone else. It's about time we let that go. I didn't think I was gonna talk for an hour, but y'all know I'd be talking. I can talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. This is my thing. <laughs>
And I love to teach and talk and roll, roll it around. So anyway, I'm trying to go through comments. Uh, Kakai says, 0 to 16 is still going to the Super Bowl, right? That is the definition of white person racism. They're, well, it's because, you know, that conversation, like, um, like they don't, it's, it's hard to name it because it's like the fish in the water scenario, right? Like I give, them, I give these examples all the time to people who are just like, they, it's just doesn't occur to them, right? And they're like, well, I don't even have black folks, you know, around. But I always be like, I don't know any whales either, but when the whales are in trouble, I'm concerned. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I don't know any of them. Like, I, I actually look now to see if people, when I buy makeup, is it tested on the animals? I don't really have any wild animals in my yard or that I love, you know, that I take on, but I care because I don't want to be giving to a system that is going to murder animals for my makeup, right? Although, you know, y'all see me, I don't really wear that much makeup, but you know what I'm saying? It doesn't take, <laughs> you don't have to be, you know, no black people to not be racist. I don't, you can be, you know, you, you don't have to do, I mean, like it's, so anyway, I'm just saying I want to I want to put the thought process out there of, of the relationship to racism. You know, um, I think it's a it's a really good starting point to to understanding where you're at, um, understanding whether you are othering people just because you have been taught by a system of folks who are trying to convince you of a delusion and you're following it. And then when you get to it, Somehow it doesn't line up because it doesn't make sense. Once you meet black families and once you go and you have black coworkers and you leave your little bubble and you meet people of color and you like, you know, you start to understand indigenous language and you, or like, you know, you start to understand the history and you start to understand the land that you're living in and you go, how, what? That doesn't, it doesn't line up to what I, what I thought is because we are all laboring under the delusion of whiteness, white supremacy is a delusion that's all i'm saying so anyway okay some more um yes i feel white people as allies need to speak out against racism to other white people uh when we see it uh white people need to call out racism and call out other white people we also need to listen to our black friends our needing and support them it's supporting our community as a whole needs to work on um, white people need to start recognizing that the problem affecting our community as a whole or is affecting our community as a whole and I need to I need to help and what can I do well I mean you know I anyone can answer that I, I mean I'm, I'm encouraging folks to answer you but at the same time I do think it's it's fun I don't know I'm not even I kind of know but I'm not gonna pretend that like I would be able to understand how conversations like that go uh, between white folks. But I do know for my folks, um, I can say when, when someone's wilding out, acting wild, we, we, you know, when they with us, when we're out together um, as a group, we are responsible for each other. Um, and we know because we're under a, this, this uh, constant threat of oppression and hate. So we try to stick together. So I don't know how you can switch that narrative for white folks, but I would suggest that you guys definitely get into the habit of calling people out that you consider your loved ones, friends, or family when they're acting out and just be like, it, it, it's really not even a fight that you have to do. You literally just have to say, dude, that, that's what you're saying is racist. Like, can you, can you hear yourself talking? Like, do you really feel that way about black people? Like, is that you? That's not who I thought you were. And leave it. 
it's it's just a thought for pro it's just a pro hey i hear you and what you're saying is crap you know what i mean like i don't know i don't know how you guys work out like for me when i'm friends with someone um you know i tell them the truth whether they like it or not you know i'm a hard friend to have because <laughs> i tell you out of love you know what i mean but i'm not gonna let you walk around looking like that and you definitely not walking around with me acting like that so i'm just saying there it is right so uh kenya says there's a petition being signed oh awesome to add racism um, that meets the criteria. That's great. Of course, we get to the petition level, right? It's been a work in progress forever. Um, I love the idea that narcissistic disorder and personality disorder, it makes sense. It totally makes sense. So yeah, she put up a, a link on Move On to sign the petition. That'd be great if everyone could jump on that. I'll do it later um, after I'm here. The first question is asking white people to actually see the behavior or white people um, as racism, this is not happening. Right. That's what Kakai's response. I, uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not, I mean, the truth of it is we have to go back though, because white folks have a real issue with the, with being uncomfortable because when you're, when you are the king and queen of this court, being uncomfortable is not in your forte. <laughs> it's like, this is not what I do. So when they are able to get to the point of, of being uncomfortable and not understanding that, like, you know, the, the age-old excuse of like, well, it wasn't me, but it is you, though. So the, the truth of it is, is that we're, st we're here having this conversation because it is you. So it's not like it's not. It's, it, it's me. Like, I am trying to say black folks, we, there, there are things that we do that hold up white supremacy. We be like the, the folks who are like holding the flag our damn selves. Um, and whatever reasons that is, is what it is. But, the, but it's not for white folks to name that. What it is, is white folks need to name yourselves, right? You need to be able to sit, sit down and, and have a conversation about race in a way that is uncomfortable, that does hurt. Because I don't know about you, but y'all all have heard the cliche. I mean, I've heard the cliche of growth, how you got to break out the old shell to come through the new. It's painful, if you're not, if white folks just aren't willing to be uncomfortable, the hell, we're never going to get anywhere, <laughs> right? We're never going to get anywhere. And it's not, you don't need to be, have an approval for it. You just need to be able to sit in it, sit in the uncomfortability and go, dang, look how much, look how uncomfortable I am. That's how important racism is to me. Racism is so important to my identity that I'm actually facing it and it hurts like this. That's how therapy works. We could go through it all for all kinds of things. People have all kinds of issues. White folks may have been burdened with this idea of this mental health issue that is telling them a delusion, telling them that they are that, that they have a grandiose position that runs the entire world. That's what we're set up with. That would hurt if that's not where you want to be. I can see that. I can be compassionate towards that, but I can't excuse it. You know, that's all I'm saying. Like everyone has their own personalities. Everyone has a way of facing these things, but it doesn't, to me, I don't care if you do it quietly. I don't care if you write it in a letter. I don't care if you do it at Thanksgiving dinner and it ruins everything. I don't even care. All I'm saying is that it needs to be said. It needs to be said. I clearly, my personality is to start a whole damn podcast and talk about everything in front of everyone. That's me. That doesn't have to be you. Okay? <laughs> but it has to be to the point where you are saying something or what you got to actually realize that you are perpetuating racism by going, God, George, you're so rude. And then leaving. That didn't help. 
George doesn't know what you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? And George won't, won't know unless you go, George, what you're saying is offensive to me and everyone else around you. I don't know how you go to work like that. I don't know how you, stuff comes out your mouth like that. Do you hear yourself being racist? I love you and you're racist. Do you need help to talk about the feelings that you have towards people that you don't even know? Do you need help? I have a psychiatrist I can recommend for you. You know what I mean? Like, you might not say it like that. I might be paraphrasing. I'm just giving you some suggestions. You know what I mean? Uh, so Kakai, racism is so important to my identity that it hurts me. Uh, yeah, no, it's true. I mean, that's just how it goes, right? That's what, that's, um, that's truth, you know? And white folks are, are figuring this out, right? Right? So, um, any, so this is... No, we're not, we're not going to excuse racism anymore. We're not, you're not going to get it. Look, we all saw those results in that, in that damn uh, election. Oh, look, if we don't start talking about the need for black people, black women to be in positions of leadership to create a system that works for everyone because we continually and consistently uphold this crap, just so that we can live and breathe, we gotta have a different conversation, y'all. I'm not for this anymore. I am not for it. If we cannot name white folks as having an issue that they need help, you know, they need to be diagnosed, they need to be uh, talked to, they need therapy, it needs to be on our insurance coverage, it needs to happen, it needs to be named. Racism as a mental health condition, extreme racism as a mental health crisis, right? Uh, anxiety, personality disorder that, that then outlets into the hatred of people who other people for their, for their, their, their skin tone and or accents or to where they live or their gender identity or all of it is lined up into delusion. That's all I'm saying, right? I mean, like, come on, we got to name it with the white folks don't get to walk by anymore. Like this, like not just particular people, but the whole community, we have to name it. It's better, it's best for all of us, like the whole group, the world, you know, that we all name what's happening. I think it's compassionate myself. I think it actually t helps white folks get a, a grip on it. Like everyone's screaming at them, you guys don't get it, you guys are racist, blah, 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 blah. And I'm going, how about we name what racism really is for y'all? It's a crisis. It's a mental health delusion. It's an issue. It's something that you've been taught. It's something that you, that, that has, that is based in this. You know what I mean? If we can base, we can name the behavior, we can name the spot, then we can say you are responsible for, for, um, for healing that spot. And you, and really while they do that, the systems that are built on this delusion have to be, uh, vetted as safe for the whole community. Cause they are not, they are not, they are built on hatred based in a little literal mental delusion. Um, okay, so white folks uh, need to stop referring racist to those uh, other white people. It's us, it's we. <laughs> yeah, that's Cassie. Hey Cassie, thank you for that. Uh, Leslie Gregory, who started the petition uh, and Representative Bynum uh, had a conversation about this impacts of racism on health. Um, oops, I can't get the go. Uh, and then uh, Amy Fellows, you guys, if you want to look, uh, including how it's hurting white people, um, look at Amy Fellows' uh, comment there. She's got a link. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's like I'm not going to at all uh, cater to fragility around this because this is, will help 
this will it's like doing intervention you know how the person you're running the intervention on is all pissed off but then when they get better they're like thank you guys for saving me and loving me you know how that works that's all i'm saying is that we need to stop it we need to stop acting like like this is this is not something that we can help you know this is not normal okay and 2021 2020 we ain't we look let it go 2021 we can't bring the same ish into it we gotta do something different and let's kill the status quo by not not you know requiring white people to be responsible you know even if they're not that's great we need white folks who are healthy who are mentally stable to say yeah this is i see what you're saying this is something that we need to grasp excellent you guys are the ones to 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 create and help right you guys are the, the pillars of that community that can help the others who are suffering and i want you to look at the 78 million people who voted and look at the percentages of people who are white who want to say that they're allies who really couldn't uh who couldn't vote in the in uh in the interest of bipoc people look at the numbers they are dismal okay dismal and so i just um we we got to be real about that we got to be real about that black folks saved this country yet again black women were the first the exit polls say it latin women next you know what i mean black men after that i mean we got the numbers we got the numbers. This country was, this was not a landslide of, of hatred against racism or, or uh, strength against racism. It was not a landslide. We have got a national crisis on our hands. Now it's evident to other, to the, now it's evident to privileged people. Black and BIPOC people have been saying this for hundreds of years, right? The civil rights movement was not a long time ago. It was not a long time ago. The 60s, not that long ago, right? 50s, we, you know people this age, okay? <laughs> right? So, um, so anyway, I love you guys. I think you guys are amazing. Um, uh, oh, sorry, Kim, white people listen more when I say we. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I'm not a part, of, yeah. Um, I'm not apart from the other white people. It's true. It's an excellent way of saying things. And uh, when will we white people start listening? Um, I, I don't know. I do, but I do know that you're right. When you can be inclusive in the idea, and really the truth of it is, if you're white out there running around acting like this doesn't affect you, then you are part of the problem, and I need you to have a seat and think about it. Not in a mean way, but just think about it. You know, black folks out here, if we are uh, trying our hardest to educate or we're out here um, and we don't understand how we perpetuate white supremacy ourselves um, by, by continuing, continually um, objectifying the black community in, strat in strategies and stratification that white folks have given us, we're doing the same thing. You know what I mean? That's really not the point of this conversation today. The point of this conversation today is to recognizing white supremacy and the people who, uh, who are creating these violent acts or who are doing these violent, who believe in these violent acts, who are supporting these violent acts, have a mental health issue. So this is Aisha. I am Aisha Elliott. I am Black Girl from Eugene. And I super appreciate you guys watching the, my Facebook live streams. I am on Instagram as Black Girl from Eugene. 
I do have a podcast called Black Girl from Eugene. <laughs> and so it's basically just the audio of this. I do have a YouTube. It's these videos and I will be adding more videos to it. I do have a store where you will be able to purchase more of my gear. Um, I am selling handmade and hand-stitched masks by a black woman in Portland, Oregon. So I just want to show you guys that. Sorry, podcasters who can't see it. But if you follow my Instagram, uh, I am going to have a few models model them. And my sweatshirts are dope. So I want y'all to catch on to that. And I'm going to be getting um, it together so that you guys can purchase it right from my website. Hopefully very soon. Just keep checking in. My website is blackgirlfromeugene.org. And I love you too, Kakai. I love you all. I love everyone. And thank you so much. And peace out. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Bye.